Good morning, and welcome to Simply Politics. It's Sunday, January 21st. On today's show, a CNN political commentator declares that the race is over as a new GOP poll shows a widening Trump lead. Haley questions Trump's mental fitness after he confuses her for Pelosi. Plus, Senator Chris Coons explains why the economy is better under Biden than Trump. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Politics. We start off with a new CNN GOP poll showing a widening lead for Trump, prompting some political commentators to declare the race over. Here with us to delve into this is our political correspondent, Celeste. Celeste, what does this widening lead mean for the GOP race? Well, David, a widening lead in the polls for any candidate typically signifies a consolidation of support. In this case, it appears that Trump's base within the GOP is solidifying. However, it's important to remember that polls are just snapshots of a particular moment and can fluctuate. That's a good point. But what does this mean for other GOP candidates? Is there still room for them to close the gap? There's always room for change in politics, David. While a significant lead can be daunting for other candidates, it doesn't mean the race is definitively over. Campaign strategies, public debates, and unforeseen events can all influence voter sentiment and potentially shift the dynamics of the race. And what about the assertion from some commentators that the race is over? Is it too early to make such a claim? In politics, it's often risky to declare a race over based on polling alone, especially this early in the game. While Trump's lead is significant, we've seen in the past that leads can evaporate quickly. So while it's an uphill battle for other GOP candidates, it's not impossible for the dynamics to change. That's a valuable perspective. It's a reminder that in politics, things can change quickly and nothing is certain until the final votes are counted. In a recent campaign speech, Nikki Haley questioned whether Donald Trump is mentally fit to serve as president again. This comes after Trump repeatedly seemed to confuse her with former U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Here with us to discuss this further is our political correspondent, Bella. Bella, could you give us some context about this confusion? Certainly, David. During a speech, Trump mistakenly asserted that Haley was in charge of Capitol Security on January 6, 2021, when a mob of his supporters stormed the building. He first said that Haley turned down security offered by his administration on that day, and then again mentioned Haley, implying that she was responsible for the destruction of evidence related to the attack. And how did Haley respond to these allegations? Haley responded by questioning Trump's mental fitness to serve as president. She said, the concern I have is I'm not saying anything derogatory, but when you're dealing with the pressures of the presidency, we can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. It's interesting to note that Trump, who picked Haley to serve as his United Nations ambassador, has ramped up his criticism of her campaign as the year's votes have gotten underway. How has this affected their relationship? Well, David, it's clear that there's a growing rift between the two. Haley has been advocating for mental competency tests for older politicians, which can be seen as a swipe at both Trump and Biden. Trump, on the other hand, has been criticizing her campaign and even received an endorsement over Haley from Senator Tim Scott, 
who was appointed to the Senate by Haley in 2012. This certainly adds an interesting dynamic to the upcoming elections. Thanks, Bella. In a recent political exchange, Senator Chris Coons, a Democrat from Delaware, responded to claims by Senator Tim Scott, a Republican from South Carolina, that the economy was better under former President Donald Trump than it is under current President Joe Biden. Here to discuss this further is our political correspondent. So Helena, what's the basis for Senator Scott's claim and how did Senator Coons respond? Well, David, Senator Scott's claim is likely based on certain economic indicators that performed well under the Trump administration, such as low unemployment rates and stock market performance. However, it's important to note that these indicators don't provide a complete picture of the economy's health and can be influenced by a variety of factors, including policies implemented by previous administrations. And how did Senator Coons respond to these claims? Senator Coons didn't provide specific counterarguments in his response, but he likely disagrees with Senator Scott's assessment of the economy under President Biden. Many Democrats argue that the Biden administration has made significant strides in addressing the economic fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic, including passing a major stimulus package and implementing policies aimed at supporting small businesses and workers. This debate over the state of the economy is a common one in politics. But how do economists generally assess the health of the economy? And what do they say about the current state of the U.S. economy? Economists look at a variety of indicators to assess the health of the economy, including GDP growth, unemployment rates, inflation rates, and wage growth, among others. As for the current state of the U.S. economy, opinions vary. Some economists argue that the economy is recovering well from the pandemic, pointing to strong GDP growth and falling unemployment rates. Others, however, are more concerned about rising inflation and the potential for an economic slowdown. That was Simply Politics reporter Helena. With the recent win of Tom Keene in House District 35, there's a question on everyone's mind. Do Democrats stand a chance of making significant gains in Florida in the upcoming elections? To discuss this further, we have our political correspondent, James. James, what's your take on this? Well, David, it's a complex picture. Statewide, Republicans won by about 20 points in 2022. If the goal for Democrats is to simply improve on that margin, it seems likely they will. Governor Ron DeSantis's popularity has taken a hit due to his unsuccessful presidential run, and Democrats have been closing the margins in certain districts. So, there's a chance for Democrats to make some gains, but what about actually winning the state for the Democratic presidential candidate? That's a tougher question, David. A new survey from Associated Industries of Florida shows that Republicans have a 46 to 40% lead on the generic ballot. While Democrats are seeing positive trends in recent elections, both in Florida and nationwide, it's less likely they could turn the state blue in the presidential race. However, a proposed ballot initiative guaranteeing abortion rights could potentially boost Democratic support. What about the state of Florida itself? Is it still a true swing state, or has it become a solid Republican state? Florida is not a permanent plus 20 Republican state. The GOP had some favorable trends last cycle, some of which no longer apply or are being countered. Republicans likely have a high single-digit advantage, but that's a playing field that Democrats could perform well enough on if they can make a strong showing. 
Let's shift gears a bit and talk about the winners and losers of the week. Who stood out for you? On the winner's side, Fentrice Driscoll and the Florida House Democratic Campaign Committee deserve credit for helping Tom Keene win in House District 35. Despite being outspent, they managed to secure a significant win for Democrats. On the loser's side, open carry advocates took a hit as House Speaker Paul Renner indicated that an open carry bill is unlikely to pass the legislature this year. That was Simply Politics reporter James. Thanks for the insights. All right, that wraps up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Politics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.